0: Together, Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Father, for, for this afternoon. Thank you for the rain. Thank you for the sunshine. Thank you that we can come into your presence uh, just to talk about family matters. Today we talk about the young, the, the youth in our midst. I pray that God, you will prepare our hearts ready to, to hear your heartbeat for these young ones. Fill us with hope, fill us with joy, fill us with expectations, fill us with your empowerment and ready to hear from you. I pray for also for your anointing on, on Joanne, that God, you will speak through her with confidence with your anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. We commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Hi, good afternoon, everybody. I'm just going to move a bit closer because nobody wants to sit in the front row. Okay. Um, so so it was actually a little bit easier talking to the first service because uh, the demographic there is a little bit more homogeneous. Here it is. Who... Who here is um is thirteen to nineteen? Okay, yeah, okay. Okay, so uh who here is twenty to thirty-five? Okay, yeah, so so this is this is the this is the, 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 the bulk of people, okay? Okay, so today we're gonna talk about um Oh, yeah, no, I'm not going to ask the 35 to raise their hands. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so today we're going to talk about um, adolescence, okay? Um, and, and and I was telling the first service that uh, during camp, you know, we just had camp uh, uh, recently, and during camp, Pastor Tony talked about everything that I want to talk about, so I, I have nothing left, so I'm just going to show you a bunch of funny pictures. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so actually in camp, he talked about the 4 to 14 window, Okay, which is the which is um, people when they are four years old to fourteen years old. That's when they are most um, are kind of open to uh, spiritual input and developmental input. Okay, so very crucial period of their lives. Okay, and um, and actually, if you look at this infographic, which is from that website, um, it says uh, the largest people group to be reached is is the population under twenty. Okay, so actually, all those thirteen to nineteen. know that that's you guys. Okay. Um, Okay, so let's look at this, uh, this little chart here. Okay, so uh, when we think about um, adolescents, we, we, we sometimes think about Gen Y. Okay, uh, they are born from 1980 to 2001. Okay, some, 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 there are some diff- differing uh, uh, variations, but I always use this one because it includes me. So I'm Gen Y. Um, uh, yeah, but actually, I think the real teenagers are, are, are the Gen Z, okay? Or, or the, the next... The next Young generation, the thirteen to nineteen, um, born nineteen ninety five onwards, um, age nineteen and below, and they've been called things like i generation, Gen Tech, Gen We, NetGen um, digital natives. Okay, because all those of you you're born who were born um, nineteen ninety five onwards, right? You have probably never known a world without the internet, right? You've never experienced life without internet or computers or technology, right? Okay, so. So um, so I think today, today when we think about teenagers, we're going to think about this Gen, gen Z, okay? And, um, and I'm a secondary school teacher and in my workplace and school, actually, we always have conversations about what it means to teach this next generation. You know, we'll say things like we're preparing them for jobs that might not even exist today, you know, so what, 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 what does it mean? And, and I think that we all know that change is constant, right? In life, change is constant. I don't think anybody expects the world to be the same way it is now in 10 years' time. But what my older colleagues tell me, and these, and these are people who have seen batches and decades of like students graduate, um, they say that in the past 10 years or so, the rate of change has been, has been increasing uh, exponentially. So the rate of change, things are changing very, very quickly um, uh, in the past 10 years or so. And, and I think almost everyone will agree that it's, it's largely due to um, uh, rapid advance in technology, Um, The fact that everyone has a smartphone, everyone has access to the internet today. So, I think that the world that our teenagers are growing up in, okay, will be very different from um, Gen X, from baby boomers, okay? But maybe not so different from all of us who are in Gen Y, okay? So, so actually, in in the first service, I, I tried to spend a lot of time talking about what it's like to be a teenager today, but I think... Um, a lot of you here will, will be familiar with, with some of these things, okay? But I think that the biggest teenage, uh, biggest difference between um, life as a teenager now or nowadays um, and, and let's say in Gen X, baby boomers, it has to be the media, okay? It has to be the media. Uh, so I'm going to talk a bit about the media today. And, and of course, teenagers, please don't crucify me, okay? These are generalizations. I'm not talking about all teenagers, but I think most teenagers, okay? And I think with every generation, adults always... Um, lament that they are eroding values. Right, the adults always think, "Oh, wow, well, teenagers nowadays." Right, with every generation, I'm sure. Um, however, however old we are, when we were teenage, when we were teenager, the kind of um, shows that we watch or the music that we listen to, our, our parents didn't approve of it. Right, so it's it's just you know, gets worse and worse. So so yes, there's a lot of sex and violence in the media uh, nowadays. All, I mean, so many of you are Gen Y, you will know for yourself, right? There's profanity, sensual dancing. If you look at all the MTV videos, and I believe that consequently our teenagers' views on sex uh, would be greatly impacted. Okay, and and I think that we 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 can't just think, oh well, actually this is more of a you know something that's happening in the West. Okay, even here in Singapore, our school children, okay, um getting sexually active. Um, I'm just going to show you a few statistics. Okay, this is from a 2002 st- uh, survey done in secondary schools. Okay, um, so this is quite long ago, 2002. Approximately 30% of the students have friends who were having sex. So all the, all the questions are worded as, do you have friends? Uh, because they won't say them themselves, right? So do you have friends? Okay, so 30% of students, secondary school students, sexually active. Um, 40% uh, or less believe in abstinence, okay, that we shouldn't uh, have premarital sex. And from another survey, this is from National Youth Council Survey in 2000, um, sex before marriage is unacceptable even when two people love each other. Less than half agree with this. Okay? Premarital sex is okay if the couple practices safe sex. Um, 34% say yes, that's true. And cohabitation, living together uh, before getting married is okay. Um, 32% strongly agreed or agreed. And these are surveys done 12 to 14 years ago. So things may, may, may be worse now. And, and you know, I've heard horror stories from uh, my friends who are teachers in other schools, teachers in primary schools, um, telling me in primary schools, you know, teachers have caught students having sex in the void deck. Primary school. And, and I think when, when, when we hear all this, it's, it's just... It's, to me, it's heartbreaking. How do primary school students even know how to have sex? What is happening to our, our young people? And in, in, a, in a more recent survey, 2010, the median age of initiation to sexual intercourse is 15 years. So The average age when teenagers have sex, 15 years, sex 3. okay. Um, and then same survey, 24% of these secondary, stu- secondary school students had had sex more than five times in the past 12 months. It's Not just a one-off thing. These are awful statistics. So, let's think about sex and, and, and our young people, okay? And now I'm going to talk a little bit about TV shows, TV shows that are popular nowadays. Okay, who's watched this? You're all lying. <laughs> very, very popular show. Um, I, I, I watched it. Uh, um, it's very funny, very popular. But it's a lot of sex. I mean, if you think about it, um, How I Met Your Mother is essentially about dating, having sex, sleeping around, right? Um, Barney, character in the middle. He takes pride in being very successful in getting women to sleep with him, right? And, and it's, 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 it's very funny, right? The way he says it, you know, it's, 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 um, it's comedy. And, and of course, in real life, um, the actor is openly gay. He has two kids with his partner. And he's he's pretty popular. Um, Game of Thrones. Who watches this? Yeah, some people watch this. Okay, I've never watched this. Um, but I understand that it's, it's very popular nowadays. Um, and from Wikipedia, I read that it has frequent use of nudity, violence, and sexual violence. Okay? Glee. Very, very popular about three to four years ago. Right? I think now, not so not so popular anymore. Um, but three to four, four years ago, very, very popular. And from the start, um, obviously, Kurt, somewhere there, is gay, right? Um, and through the seasons, they've introduced... I know they've introduced more and more um, homosexual characters. Lesbian, um, bisexual, transgenders. Literally, they have L, G, B, and T, right? In this show. Um, last one I want to show you, I've never watched this, but again, I hear that our teenagers... Uh, uh, have watched anybody watch this? Pretty Little Liars No? Yeah I, I mean I heard the young people You know Like really The literally young people Teenagers Yes Hannah? No? <laughs> putting her in a spot No Hannah's really good She watches Disney Okay <laughs> She told me She told me Okay um, And is it, No Spongebob Sorry Yeah Spongebob Okay um, Yeah so I hear that This is very popular as well One of the main characters is A lesbian and, and of course All her love interests Are lesbian as well and the thing about these TV shows is they're all very mainstream shows, right? They're not known as the gay show or like, oh, this is a terrible show to watch. Everybody watches it, very popular shows. And, and I think, you know, these, these ideas of premarital sex, homosexuality, um, they've really become quite normal in Western media, right? Um, most shows nowadays, they have a gay character in them. And being gay is, is, is just seen as normal and it's often even celebrated, right? It's celebrated. Um, and, and so I think for us, you know, when, when, when we watch these shows, maybe something that we need to think about is as we frequently, frequently watch these shows, the more and more we watch these so- shows, I think we no longer think anything about it. And it becomes really not a very big deal. Oh, it's just a show. Everybody watches it anyway. And as our youths, our young adults, us... We get more and more used to all this in the media, in pop culture. I think it becomes harder and harder for people to see what's wrong, what's really wrong. And it becomes harder and harder to take a stand among young people's friends. And there's been a lot of talk in the, in the news um, um, recently about the Pink Dot event that happened yesterday, right, as well as the Wear White campaign in response to that. Today I'm wearing black because it makes me look slimmer. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm sure I'm sure um, I'm sure all of us have been reading the news And we know that our nation's views on homosexuality They're, they're changing Things are changing You know, when I first started teaching um, When I first uh, started teaching about 7 years ago um, I asked my class They are about 15 to 16 year olds. Um, I asked them um, So how many of you think that 377A should not be repealed? Okay And um, only a couple of them raised their hands And then the rest of the class said Ah, oh, the Christians and nowadays uh, in school, my students talk openly about people being gay, about the right to free love, about how we shouldn't be prejudiced and we shouldn't discriminate and, and you know, um, yeah, we shouldn't be bigots. Our young people are getting increasingly tolerant and accepting of things like this homosexuality, premarital sex, sleeping around, moving in together. This is what's going on nowadays. And I'm sure you all know this. Because you all live in, in the heart of it, right? Your peers, uh, um, I'm sure they have views like that. So, that's what's going on, um, young people nowadays. Um, and of course, a big part of teenagers' lives today is social media. Okay, and I, and I think, uh, unlike the first service, I, I don't really have to explain a, a, a lot of things like, about social media, right? How many of you have Facebook? Have Facebook. Some of these people are like embarrassed to put up their hands at their Facebook. Okay, how many have uh, Facebook? How many of you have um, Instagram? How many of you are embarrassed to no, know. Okay. Uh, how many of you have Twitter? Twitter? Yeah, okay. How many of you use uh, Tumblr? Tumblr yeah, getting this is getting getting smaller than number. Uh, how many of you use Snapchat? Yeah, okay. Okay, so in case uh just in case that some people don't know, so Instagram is like social networking app, right? People share their photos, um um videos. And I'm going to show you the Instagram of uh, uh Instagram account of one of our youths. Uh uh the younger people will know. Um so this is one of our our our, our youths. Um and and I just want to point you look at the number of followers she has. 866. Okay? This girl is 15. Okay? She's 866 people following her life, okay? Um, and that's, recently she posted this picture of herself. I'm really not sure why it's rotated to the the side, but there's a lot of white wall, so that's good, right? Hipster, you know? Um, so yeah, a picture like this gets her 304 likes, okay? 304 people looked at the picture and thought, wow, great picture, okay? Um, but actually what really amazes me is when she posts a picture like, like this, okay? What's... It's a cup of tea. And she gets 214 likes. 214 people like this cup of tea. Okay? Uh, and 45 comments. I don't know what they're, they're saying about the, the tea, okay? So 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 yeah, so this Instagram, okay? The, the teenagers use it a lot. Um uh, and another thing, uh, teenagers Snapchat. Um, so, so just what I did, I Snapchatted uh, uh the youth and said, send me a random snap that I can show in my sermon. Ha <laughs> ha. Then, then some of them really replied. Hello, yeah. Hannah said hello. Okay. Uh, Ellen sent me a picture of her wet hair. Okay, thank you. Somebody sent me a picture of her floor. Great. And Leah is the best. She go uh, scolded me. Are you preparing your sermon or you're snapping? Okay. 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 Yeah. So better, better. You know, be serious. Okay. Um, I think maybe the older people among you are thinking, what is the point of all this? Yeah, there's no point. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. I just follow what they do so they'll think I'm cool, okay? Um, so as you can tell, photos, images, they, they become a big thing. And, and, I, and I'm sure all of you know about selfies, right? Which are basically photos of yourself taken by yourself, right? And in 2013, the Oxford Dictionary, you know, the legit dictionary, right? Uh, said that um, selfies, word of the year. Uh, you know, many teenagers they take selfies all the time, right? There's a hashtag and a song. But first, let me take a selfie um, about how people take selfies in every situation, right? They, you know, they're waiting for the bus. They take a selfie. They, they, they fell down. Take a selfie. Uh, about to take an exam. Take a selfie. And and, and, and I just I really want to show you this is this is way <laughs> one of our own people. Uh, from Loud Gen, and it was actually quite a serious accident. He's in the army. Um, a, a, a big block fell on him. There was a lot of blood everywhere, 3CM laceration, he had to be rushed to A&E. But first, he took a selfie (laughs) from the ambulance, okay, and sent it to us. Okay, great. Uh, Yeah, so nowadays there are, you know, selfie sticks, you see them everywhere now. Um, Fish eye attachments, you can put it on your phone, this is uh, one of our youth CGs. Um, And and even my two and a half year old daughter uh, is getting quite good at uh, taking selfies quite worryingly. I think the rise of the selfie can actually show us uh, a few things, okay? And I want to show you an article that I think can sum up many of the things that teenagers are dealing with um, nowadays. This is, some, how many of you saw, have seen this article? Facebook or, or wherever. This is a selfie addict, okay? Um, he he this, this guy is from the UK. He's a selfie addict. Um, he took 200 selfies a day. And um, because he was taking selfies, he wouldn't go to school. He wouldn't leave his house. Um... He, he became just obsessed with, with taking pictures. And he was diagnosed as having... Um, if you look at the, the part that I boxed out, his, he was diagnosed as having technology addiction, OCD, and body dysmorphic disorder, which is an excessive, excessive anxiety about personal appearance. Okay, and in fact, the article is saying that um, this selfie addiction is becoming more widespread and becoming like a mental illness. And then... And then look at what he says. He says, people don't realise when they post a picture of themselves on Facebook or Twitter, it can so quickly spiral out of control. It becomes a mission to get approval. And it can destroy anyone. And then he talked about how um, he would post selfies and people would comment on them, but children can be very cruel. There's a lot of cyberbullying going on nowadays. Um, Your nose is too big, you're talking about his skin... And then he started taking more and more to try to get the approval of his friends. And he says, I would be so high when someone wrote something nice, but gutted when they wrote something unkind. Now, please don't get me wrong. okay? I'm not saying that if you take selfies, you have mental illness or you're obsessed with gaining approval and all that. But I do think that the culture that our teenagers live in today um, the culture of posting images of yourself, of your life for everyone to view. And this idea of number of likes, number of followers, it definitely has certain effects on our young people. You know, for me, I, I always think that it, it it's quite stressful to, to be a teenager. You know, you're at that awkward phase of life. I mean, I don't know, maybe some of you are like just gorgeous teenagers. But you know, like when I was a teenager, I had like bad hair, glasses and braces and like and you know you're going through puberty so you're like conscious of your body and and um and and but but you know some of these kids nowadays they look so good online some of my my students um, when i go and stalk their instagram they look like fashion models you know every single picture is like the lighting is great and their hair and, and they they look great they look really great and and they're only 15 and of course no one wants to post an ugly picture of themselves right or an unglam picture of themselves online. So I think that a lot of people, actually not just teenagers, a lot of us now on social media, we spend a lot of time curating and managing and editing our image online. Because what we post tells everybody about our lives. Right? I I do it too. Put the filter and, you know, whatever, right? And, And so that's the world that our teenagers live in today. Everyone's always looking at each other's images, photos... And other than being stressful, I think this could also lead to our teenagers becoming narcissistic, self-absorbed, but most of all, very, very insecure. Imagine if as a young person, okay, every day you see perfect and gorgeous pictures of your friends, your peers. How you appear suddenly becomes very important and there becomes this um, excessive anxiety really about your personal uh, appearance appearances become very important. And as the boy in the article says, it can become a mission to get approval, get attention. And very often, their self-esteem, teenagers' self-esteem can be very closely linked to the number of likes they get, the number of followers they get, how many people unfollowed them, etc. So this is what our teenagers are dealing with, a big culture of sharing everything online and also the culture of being judged by... um, what you share, how you appear, how you look like, you are rated, you are graded by the number of likes, a number of comments. There's this whole world online in addition to their real life. So, in view of all that, longest introduction ever, what does this mean for the church? What does it mean for the church? I think that this all highlights really that that this generation desperately, desperately needs Jesus. I mean, of course, you know, I know everybody needs Jesus. But if you think about what our youths face today, what they deal with, this generation desperately needs Jesus. And I think one of the big things that they need is to be completely secure in the, in the knowledge that God loves them. They need to know their identity in Christ. They need to know the truth of His love and His hope. And as a church, we need to affirm these truths in our young people. I've been serving in the youth ministry and I've been teaching a secondary school for about um, eight years or so. And and in these, I know it's not very long, but in these years my conclusion is that the greatest thing teenagers suffer from is insecurity. And I know it's it's not a groundbreaking conclusion, but um but yeah they are insecure about themselves, their future and their friends. And and actually I think regardless of what year or decade or generation you are from, I think the, the adolescent stage has always been a stage of uncertainty and insecurity. Because you're somewhere in the middle, right? You, you are, you are, you're older now, you, you're no longer children, you don't just follow your parents, um, just follow their authority. Uh, you begin to question, you have your own ideas, you have your own desires, your goals, your dreams, and yet, you are not fully mature yet. You're not fully able to accomplish all that. You, you, you're not completely independent. So there's a lot of uncertainty, there's a lot of insecurity. And nowadays, I think with so much of their lives available online for public scrutiny, I think that the insecurity for teenagers increased. And I'm sure you've heard um, of this because you are probably part of this generation. Um, this generation has often been called the strawberry generation. Okay? Why? Because, like strawberries, they look great on the outside, they're pretty, you know, they have great photos on Instagram, but actually, like strawberries, they bruise easily. And the criticism is that the strawberry generation is lazy, unable to work hard, they cannot withstand pressure, and uh, they are selfish, and they are self-absorbed. And as a teacher, I'm, I'm always tempted to agree with that definition. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's true in some sense. Um, in school, I, 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 I handle some of the exams, I mean the exam committee, and in and, and every exam, we will have teenagers who break down there was somebody who would come and say, you know, so-and-so is in the toilet, she's crying, she's shaking, she can't get up, um, you know, we can't, we can't move her here, or like we had a Sec 1 girl, very intelligent Sec 1 girl, top student, um, just before the exam, she just started shouting and screaming, she lashed out at all the teachers, she was stomping around the school, it was just, it was just a breakdown. And, and it, it, every exam, it happens. And these are not even the high-stakes exams, these are not like the A-levels, O-levels, they're like, could be like Sec 2 mid-year exam, you know? These are just normal exams. And so a lot of people say, yeah, strawberry generation they can't take the pressure and and yes, I think it's true to some extent. but if we think about it, um, can we really blame the kids for being the strawberry generation? Why are they this way? I believe that we have a strawberry generation because there's just so much more to deal with as a teenager now. Families are disintegrating, divorce is on the rise. there's a lot of uncertainty at home. It's very common nowadays for both parents to work and therefore, Um, a lot of parents are indulgent or they're absent parents. And I see this all the time in my students. And so our teenagers have a lot of stuff to deal with, but there's no one to teach them and help them deal with this stuff. They spend a lot of time on social media, and and I've described to you already, you know, it's possible to become very self-conscious, very self-absorbed, and on top of all that, there's pressure in school to do well, perform your CCA. Um, you know, our school kids are so busy nowadays. There's so much going on in school, academic, non-academic. And then they have tuition and they have, and they have they just, it's crazy. So we could just say, yeah, strawberry generation, they're weak, they're terrible. These kids nowadays, not like in the good old days. Or we could see it as, hey, these kids really need people to teach them, to disciple them, to guide them, to train them, to speak truth into their lives, to speak hope into their lives and most importantly to point them to Jesus who is the only one who can give them perfect peace and security. And I asked some of our loud genus, what do you struggle with the most as, as a Christian teenager? And a lot of them talked about the future. They struggle with trusting God um, about the future that He has a perfect plan for them. They struggle with um, knowing that you know God will take care of everything, everything will be okay in the end. We need to point this generation to Jesus, who is the answer to all insecurity and uncertainty they have to struggle with. You know, um, in my work as a teenager and in the youth ministry, I've, I've seen so many young people struggle with things like depression, suicidal thoughts, eating disorders. Um, there was a point of time where anorexia and bulimia was a big problem with young girls. I think it's a bit better now, but big problem in, the, in, in one of the schools that I used to work in, um, sometimes the girls we would just have to get them to come out during the lessons and they would just sit in the canteen and talk to the counsellor and eat. The counsellor has to make sure that they eat. These are the girls because they struggle with eating disorder, closely linked to self-image, etc. Now young people struggle with these thoughts. I'm too fat, I'm too ugly, no one likes me because other people get 300 likes and I only get 3. No one understands me because no one commented on what I posted on. My life sucks. It's, not just, it's just not worth living. I'm not good enough. No one loves me. And these are not just our non-Christian teenagers. These are our church teenagers as well. And when I hear teenagers say things like this, I get really, really angry. I get angry because this is the devil messing around with our young people's minds. And he has no business telling a young person with so much promise on potential and destiny that their life sucks and they need to die. There's no reason why a young person should feel so overwhelmed and so depressed that he wants to die. Jesus has paid the ultimate price for them on the cross. Who cares about the number of likes they get? Every one of them is made in the image of God. They are precious. They were formed and, and knitted together in their mother's womb. Um, they were set apart even, even from the start. God says he will never leave them or forsake them even if their friends and family forsake them. The enemy is happy to kill, steal, and destroy our young people. They need to know the truth of God's love and grace and power. And so I believe that this is what it means um, for us as a church. That we need to guard our young ones. And you know... um. I know, I know this is a, a pre- predominantly Gen Y audience, but I think that um, it's, age is just a number. You know, we need to guard the people who are younger than us. We need to guard the next generation. We need to guard them and invest into their lives. And particularly our teenagers, they are at a vulnerable stage of their lives. Um, in the camp, Pastor Tony talked about this verse, Judges 2.10. And it's a really, really sad verse. Because after the generation of Joshua and Caleb, and this is the generation that experienced so many miracles of God, they actually entered the promised land. But after this generation, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what He had done for Israel. How sad it would be if this was true of our church, of our nation. If such a generation arises, then we haven't done our jobs and we haven't been faithful. Um, in church camp, we looked at 2 Timothy. And one of my favourite verses is 2 um, Timothy 4, seven. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. I know this is a verse they always put on the you know, the graveyard, right? But, but, but I think this should be our life goal, right? Fought the good fight, um, finished the race, kept the faith. But you know, the context of this verse is not Paul saying, okay, I'm done, this is it, I fought the good fight, bye-bye. This, the context of this verse was Paul um, charging Timothy to keep running the race. He was passing on the baton to Timothy. He was passing on the baton of faith, of leadership to Timothy. And in camp, Pastor Tony talked a bit about passing on the baton, right? About runners in a relay race and, and how they are disqualified if they drop the baton. And in a relay race, the passing of the baton is crucial. It, everything hangs on the passing of the baton. Um, You can have four of the fastest individual runners in a relay, but if you don't pass the baton properly, you get that wrong. Um, You know, you, you don't pass it properly, it could cost you precious seconds that will make a difference between silver and gold. If you pass it outside the exchange zone, you pass it too late or you pass it too early, you're disqualified. And of course, if you drop the baton, you're disqualified. Church. As a church, we need to pass on the baton of faith. We can't drop it. We can't pass it too late. And I know um, last month there was a YA Connect event on passing on the baton. And I'm so glad we had that. Because I think it's so important for a church um, to think about this idea of passing on the baton of faith. I believe that we are all in a divine relay. We need to pass on the, gen- the baton of faith to the next generation. It doesn't matter how, successfully, how successful we individually are. We need to get the baton of faith into the hands of the next generation. If we don't pass it on, then we haven't run this race well. And this is not just about parents passing on to their individual children. As a church, we need to pass on um, the baton of faith to the people who are coming after us. You know, I'm a second generation Christian, and I've grown up in this church, and therefore I am keenly aware that there have been many, many others who have gone before me. I'm immensely grateful for my spiritual heritage people who have sowed into my life and helped me grow. My parents have been and still are a great influence uh, on my spiritual life. and There are people in this church who have sowed into my life when I was a child, when I was a teenager, and they're still serving faithfully now. They're still running the race now. And I want to tell you, young people, that church doesn't just happen like this. Church doesn't just happen like this. Among us, we have first-generation Christians, um, our parents or our parents' generation, who have got thrown out of the house because of their faith. They had to endure oppositions because they chose Jesus. And I know there are some of you first-generation Christians here as well. You've had to endure opposition because you chose Jesus with your family or with your friends. There are people here who have been tirelessly and faithfully serving God, building His kingdom, serving in this church. There have been pioneers who have gone before us who who started and built this church. So as a church, we need to remember that we are in a divine relay. And in this race, there are many who have gone before us and there are many who are coming after us. We're not running this race alone. There are many who have gone before us. There are many who are coming after us. It doesn't matter what age you are, there will be others who have gone before you and there will be others who are coming after you. In Hebrews chapter 11, there's a long list of the heroes of faith, how they were all faithful. And then next, in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Therefore, therefore, because of all these heroes of faith, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us therefore, because of the heroes of faith, therefore, and this is how I know that it's a divine relay. Just as all the heroes of faith in chapter 11 have run the race, every next generation needs to keep on running the race. These people have run and therefore we can run too. And, and as a church, I believe that the people who are ahead, and I'm not just talking about people who are in their 50s or their 60s, we are, we are each of us ahead of some people. And whenever you are hit, you need to turn back and, and be the great cloud of witnesses to the young people and say, come on, you can run as well. You can throw off everything that, and, that uh, easily entangles. You can throw off that sin. You can throw off everything that hinders. You can run with perseverance. This race marked out for you. You can, young people. You can. We need to be spiritual cheerleaders to our teenagers, to the people who are coming after us and say, press on and Run. Come on, guys, press on. Press in for more of Jesus. Press on and run. It's possible. We can do it. And each of us has a responsibility to carry this baton of faith on to the next generation. You know, if you have a passion to see God's name glorified in this earth, you want to see Him have His way on this earth, then you will believe in the next generation. You will believe in passing on the faith to the next generation. During uh, during church camp, I, I told... I told one of my youth leaders, you know, oh man, Pastor Tony talked about the baton race. I was going, to, I was going to talk about the baton race, and uh, and he said, <clears throat> Drew why are you always talking about the baton race? Okay, and 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 I think I'm always talking about the baton race because this is the heartbeat of youth ministry. Some of you serve in children's ministry. This is the heartbeat of children's ministry as well. Passing on the baton of faith. To the next generation. We need to invest in the next generation. And a lot of us here are Gen Y today. And I think maybe for some of us here, it's also about receiving the baton of faith. Are we ready to take up the baton of faith and run? Are we ready to receive it? There have been people who have gone before us. Are we ready to receive it? Some young people, they want to grab the baton too early. They say, yeah, I want to do great things for God. I want to be you know, a great worship leader or or, or whatever, a great leader. But you don't want to put in the work, the hard work, the sowing, the, the sowing and serving in obscurity, the daily taking up the cross and dying to yourself, the serving Jesus no matter what it costs you. You know, nowadays a lot of young people um, become famous very suddenly. There are YouTube stars or very quickly YouTube stars like, Fashion bloggers, you know, just take a few pictures of yourself in nice clothes and woohoo, you're a fashion blogger on, on Instagram. And sometimes we may think that serving God is like that. Just do a few things and then yeah, okay, I'm there, I'm not in that spiritual high. But young people, if we grab the baton too early, the team is disqualified as well. And young people, if you want to build the church, you want to do kingdom work, you want to serve God, it starts with the daily faithfulness. A lot of us sometimes, you know, as young people, we are all cynical or whatever, and we come into church and we say, uh, why is the song like that? Why are people not doing this? And, and why is the preacher talking about this and all that? And, and, and you know, young people, we need to be faithful in the small things. Don't just comment. Don't just be a spectator. Like in a race, you know, there are, and you know, okay, like World Cup, right? Now it's World Cup. I used to watch football but I've since repented. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. My husband's gonna kill me. <laughs> you know, um I, I'm I'm super not athletic, right? But um but but previously I, I really enjoy watching football. And you know when I watch football I'm like, oh man, I didn't pass, I was so slow. Oh this terrible de- defending, and, you know, you have a lot of comments. But but can I actually play football? I've tried once, it was a disaster. The boys on the field were just they didn't even bother to play with us. Okay, so, so, yeah, you know, young people, we cannot just be the spectators where we just watch and say, why like that? Run faster la. Why you didn't run so fast? You know, we got to get into it and run the race ourselves. Run the race with perseverance. Run the race yourself. Start running. Start running. Grab the baton start running. Or some other people, some of us young people, Maybe we don't want. We don't. We're not even sure that we want the baton. There are people who want to pass the baton on to us, and we are like, well, I'm not sure. I'm a bit busy today. Yeah, okay, I can serve God, but um, but I don't really want to serve in this particular ministry because I think it's not really my gifting. I don't feel called. I don't feel led. And we end up choosing." Uh, what's easy, what's convenient for us. We, 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 we choose what fits into our schedule when really what we are called to do is to die to self, crucify flesh, pick up your cross and say, God, I'll do anything that you call me to do. Even if it's unglamorous, even if it's thankless, even if it's just you know, nobody notices me, I'll do anything that you want me to do. And some of us, maybe along the way, we have lost sight of the finish line. We were running the race, but we lost sight. We got distracted by pursuing success in school, in, at work, socially, financially. And when the baton comes to us, we say, hmm, maybe I won't take it for now. If we pass the baton on too late, we are also disqualified. So young people, there are some of you here today who need to step up. You need to start taking the baton of faith and start running. It's your turn. You are no longer that young anymore. We need to run run the race. We need to say, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Even if it takes me out of my comfort zone, even if it's tedious, wherever there's a need, I'll serve. Not my will, but yours. You know, we've talked about the strawberry generation and those attitudes of entitlement, arrogance, self-centeredness. We cannot bring those attitudes into the church when we serve the King of Kings. If we do, we drop the baton. You know, at the start of this, um, I talked about social media, widespread use of social media and its effects on young people. But you know, I, I'm here to tell you today also that it's not all doom and gloom and apocalypse and, and terrible. I think social media can work both ways. For someone like me, um, it's a great tool to start building relationships. It's, it's a lot easier for me um, to know about my youth. So I just check out their Twitter, just go and see their Facebook, just stalk them on Instagram. I can find out a lot of things about them through whatever they post in social media. It's a great tool. And sometimes when we have newcomers come into youth, you know, we will joke like, okay, okay, you better go and stalk their Instagram or stalk their, their whatever, Twitter, so that we can find things to talk to them about. It's a great way to start building relationships. And and now, um, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud to tell you that in Lao Gen we have this media ministry. You know, it started out because, you know, a couple of them, uh, um, they like making videos and, and taking pictures and designing some stuff and, But now they've recruited quite a number of people. And we even have an international member, you know. One of our youths, she studies in the UK, but she still serves in the media ministry. She just sends everything online. She designs stuff and then she sends it online. I think that's great. Um, So so yeah, the media ministry, they make videos to encourage people to get baptized. Um, They they post encouraging stuff on Twitter, Instagram. Um, Every week they design a, a verse for our memory verse competition. So, you know, I'll tell them the verse and then they'll come up with a nice design for it, they post it on Instagram. And and I've come to realise that the media ministry is going to be a very important ministry. Because teenagers spend so much time on social media, the church needs to get on there as well. So that the media that our teens consume is not just the worldly stuff. And in the same way that social media can influence our youths, I believe that social media can be used to reach our youths and evangelise to them. You know, today... With the advance of technology, there is actually so much more we can do for the kingdom of God. Imagine if, like Hudson Taylor and like, heroes of the past, had had Twitter or you know Instagram, or they had like the internet to reach so many people easily. Imagine what they would do for the kingdom of God. And um, I want to show you some positive examples, okay? So this is Rachel, okay? She's uh, one of our leaders in Loudoun. She's seventeen years old. And um, together with some of the people in her school, she, she, she did this. She posted this picture on Facebook. Okay, if you can't see, it says, she's holding a sign that says, I have good news. Ask me, please. So she posted this uh, photo on, on her Facebook. And then obviously people started commenting and asking, oh, what, 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 what good news, right? And every time people asked uh, or every time people uh, commented, she took the opportunity to just share the gospel with them. Literally share the good news with them. And I think that's awesome. Our youths are doing these kind of things. You know, there is so much potential in our young people. Sometimes we like to think that this generation is lazy and apathetic and, and spoilt and all that. But I think that if they are like that, it's because they haven't found purpose. You know, as a teacher, I'm always amazed at how different the students are in class and outside of class. So in class, they would be like sleepy, and you know, they just, they just don't say anything, just sitting there like this and, and, and just kind of blending into the background and just doing nothing, completely passive. And then you see them outside of class and they are, you see them dance in their SYF performance, you know, with such passion, or you see them play hockey with such fierceness and, and, and speed and strength and passion, or, or I, had a, I have an ex-student who tweeted a radio station 4,000 times in order to win free Taylor Swift tickets. And she did. She won them. Okay? So then you realise that these people are not bored and passive. They're just bored and passive in your class. Yeah. You know, teenagers are capable of great passion. Young people have a huge sense of advocacy. If you get them won over to a cause, they can and they will do anything for it. If you think about Hitler's Nazi movement, it started with youths. And so we need to get our teenagers committed to the right cause. And I really believe with all my heart that teenagers can be activated and mobilized to do awesome things for the kingdom of God. And, and, and just to show you why I believe that, um, you know, some of you don't know, but in our church, we have some really, really good teenagers in our midst. Okay, I'm going to show you some of them. Um, if you look at the two Botak ones there, they are Sean and Matthew, okay? They just entered the Army this year, um, but they continue to serve as, our, as CGLs in Lao Gen. And last year, when I asked them, hey, are you going to serve next year in 2014, they didn't even mention anything about Army. They said, yes, I'm going to serve. Unconditional, yes, I'm going to serve. There's Tiara in white. Um, she's the hit girl of a school, okay? Okay? Um, and, and I remember her when she was 13 or 14, when she was you know, not so confident, so dealing with issues. And then at 15, she stepped up to be a CGL. At 15 years old, she became a CGL, and she's been shepherding our youths ever since. Crystal, also 18, she's the president of the dance society in her school, and she's been bringing all these dancers to church. Two of them accepted Christ at our youth camp last year. And she's also been serving as a CGL since she was 14 years old. And um, we, have, we have pretty awesome first-generation Christians as well. This is Jeslyn, future doctor, 20 years old. Um, she came to church when she was 15. She accepted Christ at, at, at our, our, our youth camp. And now she hits the media ministry. She helped me do a lot of my slides today. That's why they look quite nice. <laughs> um, she's a worship leader, serving passionately. Um, this one, Yutia, she came to church when she was 16. She's 20 years, 20 years old now. And she's just serving and building the kingdom in so many ways. She's a CGL, she's an excellent keyboardist. She's preached at our loud gen service. She can read the Bible and pray in Mandarin, which is really helpful when, um, when we go capping. And rumor has it that soon she's going to be reading and praying in French as well. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, these young people are awesome. These are really awesome young people. And these are just a few examples. There are many, many more of them out there who are running the race. They are trying to live their lives for Jesus. They're just having a go, um, living their lives for Jesus. And they're off to a great start in the race. And I am so looking forward to what they are going to accomplish for the kingdom of God in their lifetime. There's so much potential in our young people's lives. You know, Paul wrote to Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. This is a verse that we make the youth memorize. And, um, and, and recently, I, I was reading that uh, Timothy was probably in his 30s when Paul wrote this. And young, you know, 30s, young. Paul was passing on the baton of faith and of leadership to Timothy. But actually, Timothy, I, I just realized because I'm reading Acts, Timothy first appears in Acts chapter 16. And, um, and, and they say this is a disciple of Christ and he started following Paul and Silas on their missionary journeys. And so um, I was reading a commentary that uh, from 1 uh, Timothy, Timothy and Second Timothy uh, and Acts, there was probably a gap of about 15 years, which means that Timothy started serving, um, going on missionary journeys when he was a teenager. If we can catch the young people when they are young and set them running this race for Jesus, just think about what they can do for Jesus in their life. I was caught as a child. Why I serve today has a lot to do with my experience during my teenage years. It has a lot to do with my parents and other people in this church sowing into my life when I was young, younger. I was surrounded by witnesses, by heroes of faith who showed me and taught me what it means to run with perseverance the race marked out for me. Once we get our teenagers on fire for Jesus, imagine what they can do. And so today, I am taking this perfect opportunity to challenge you guys to come and serve in the youth ministry. And I think particularly in this service, when so many of you are in Gen Y, you are in the same generation, if we use that definition, as the teenagers today. You are just ahead of them in the race. You are at the ideal age to come and serve in youth ministry. Come and invest in our young people. Come and invest in the next generation. It is your duty as a Christian to invest in the next generation. And I can promise you that the rewards will be tremendous and eternal. You know, I I shared with you um, at the start the kind of things that our teenagers face nowadays. Our teenagers need guidance. They need to be discipled. They need to be pointed to the one who is more than enough for whatever they face. They need to be pointed to the one who is their rock and their refuge and their strength. And I know a lot of you may think, oh, but I'm not very hip. I'm not very young. Come on. you're Younger than me are young. I'm not hip. I'm not young. I can't serve in the youth ministry. Wrong. You don't have to take selfies with them. You don't have to play crazy games with them. And I know some of you in the second service, you have been through youth ministry and you're thinking, I'm way too old for youth camp. I empathize with you. I feel it every year. I've been at youth camp when I was pregnant, <laughs> when I was breastfeeding. It's very tiring, but you can survive. And, and actually, I want to show you two of my youth leaders whom I, I, value, I value greatly. This is Auntie Wing, and this is Lake Yao. And you know, you don't see them walking around in skinny jeans, right? Or like taking, you know, selfies or whatever. But week after week, they turn up for our young people. They turn up for our teenagers at youth service. Week after week, they turn up to pray for our teenagers. Week after week, they turn up to lead Bible study for our teenagers. Week after week, they turn up for our teenagers. And you know what? I know that our teenagers appreciate it. And I, I, she's here now. I hope she doesn't kill me for telling you this, but Auntie Bing is 60 years old. She's, <laughs> she's, she's my mother's friend. She's literally old enough to be my mother. But age is just a number. And she does great with her youth. And so if you're old, you think you're too old to serve in youth ministry, think about Auntie doing. Think about me. And by the way, if you actually see them, you know, in, in action and when they play games with the, the youths, they are, they are actually very hip, you know. Just hashtag just saying. Um, they, they are way cooler than, than I am. And to be honest, I really think that what our youths are looking for most is just someone who cares. They're looking for someone who is genuinely interested in their lives. Someone who genuinely cares for them. And if you're their parent or their mentor, they're not looking for you to play Fappy Bird and Candy Crush with them. Are those games too cool? No, okay, never mind. Those are the only two I know. Um, You know, they're not looking for people to do frivolous things with them. They have their friends to do that. And I know there are obvious benefits when a leader, you know, we have our young leaders as well, when the leader is young and hip and in tune with, with, with all that is young and hip. But, but really, all that is just, it's just bonus. All that just helps build the relationships a bit faster. You know, we all relate in different ways. And there are benefits of having older leaders, benefits of having younger leaders. But I really feel that young adults, you are the best people to serve in the youth ministry. This is a shameless plug. I'm not even embarrassed. Come and serve in the youth ministry. Youth ministry is not about being hip or cool, although we are. Youth ministry is is about having a heart for the next generation. It's about having a heart for young people, about having a heart to disciple the the next generation, to say, come on guys, you can come and run the race as well. You know, nowadays, teenagers have so many ways they can connect with each other. There is email and WhatsApp and, and all, the, all the social networking apps have, have messaging platforms as well. You can, you can um, send messages, receive messages from your friends um, on all these platforms. But I wonder, does it really help our youth communicate more? Does it really help them build stronger and deeper relationships? Some of our youths have more than a thousand friends on Facebook. And I always think, are these really our friends, or are they just acquaintances? I mean, I myself, I have almost like 700 friends on Facebook. And I can tell you that some of these people are people I really don't have a relationship with. I mean, I have some secondary school friends whom I was never close to, I've never seen in the past 20 years, but they're my Facebook friend. Our youths are looking for real relationships. They need real, genuine, deep relationships. Not just people who are present online. They're not looking for cool people who will Snapchat with them. That's just an entertaining bonus for them. They need people who really care. And in the face of all the insecurity they struggle with, in the face of disintegrating families nowadays, our youths more than ever need someone who will turn up week after week for them because they care. And I'm not embarrassed of using the pulpit to to get people to come and serve in Lao Tzu. Because I believe that this is such an important ministry. It's such an important ministry. Youth ministry, children's ministry. And because it's a privilege, it's a privilege for me to serve. It's a privilege to mentor and disciple our young people and encourage them to live their lives for the glory of God. And if there's one thing I hope you'll catch today, it's the fact that youth ministry is so important in our church. Children's ministry as well. The next generation is so important. You know, I, I, I know that sometimes teenagers can be really annoying. Trust me, I know. But we have to look beyond their, their funny hair or, 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 or their weird clothes or their weird lingo or their loud music or whatever and realize that actually they have a lot of things to deal with nowadays. And they need a lot of affirmation, encouragement, and they just need Jesus. This, this generation just desperately needs Jesus. And as a church, we need to affirm the biblical truths in the lives of our young ones. We need to provide a safe environment where they can come to and not be judged because of the colour of their hair or because of their Instagram profile. They need to know that church is a place where there is acceptance and there is love. And as a church, we need to be aware of the devil's schemes and guard jealously our young people. The church needs to be the hope and the light of the world to our young people especially who are struggling with many things. You know, I've been a parent for less than three years, but already I've experienced and I know that when you have kids, you start making decisions for the kids. You, 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 you don't just make decisions for yourself. You think about the kids. Where we go for dinner depends on the kids. You know, what we do today depends on the kids. In fact, you often consider the kids' needs and interests first. You don't really think about yourself because you're, you're, you're the adult and they're younger. You need to look after them. And I think that as a spiritual family, maybe that's why we need to start doing more. We need to start thinking of the young ones more. We need to start thinking like spiritual parents who care more about discipling and winning the next generation more than our own comfort and convenience. Wherever we are now, status quo. We need to think about the next generation. So what can we do? What does this mean for us? I've already said, come and serve in youth ministry. Come and serve in Lao Gen. Seriously, young adults, you are at the best age to serve in the youth ministry. But I know that yes, not everyone is called to serve in Lao Gen or in Cool Club. But if you can, go for it. Go for it. It's not your age. It's not the cool factor. You just need to have a heart for the young, a heart for the next generation. It doesn't matter if you are 20 or 21, just an adult, or you are 60. It just matters that you have a heart for the next generation. And please, please pray for the next generation. Pray for Lao Jen. pray for the cool club. We're not a separate part of church, even though we meet on Saturdays. We're not just a separate entity um, because, you know, the cool club meets downstairs. We're one body. And as a church, we've got to pay attention to the younger members of our family. I know there are not many parents here, but parents, if you are here, you're a big spiritual influence on your teenagers. You're the people they see every day instruct them in the ways of the Lord even when they seem rebellious. They will thank you for it later. Get your kids to church every week even when they don't want to. You have the authority. Release them to serve even when it costs them. That's how they will learn to keep serving when they start working and when they become parents. Talk to their Sunday school teachers. Talk to their loud gen CGLs. Go all out to help your child Grow spiritually. Just as we go all out to help our kids succeed academically in school, parents, we need to go all out to help our kids grow spiritually. And there are youths among us uh, in our church who, who don't have parents who come to church. They need spiritual parents as well. And if you can, mentor them, disciple them, teach them the ways of the Lord. But I think most of all, this applies for every single one of us here in the room. Most of all, we can be role models for people who are younger than us. It doesn't matter how old you are, you can be a role model for people who are younger than you. You can be a role model for people who are coming after you to pass on the baton of faith to them. You know, one of the things that um, keep me going when I serve is the hope that when my youths grow up and they start working and they have kids, they will think, okay, if Joanne can do it, I'll do it too. They don't have to stop serving. In fact, you can serve more Because your capacity increases. Your maturity increases. And so church, we need to keep running with perseverance, our own race, fixing our eyes on Jesus, throwing off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles so that we can be role models for the next generation. We cannot quit. We got to keep running our race because there is a world out there who needs Jesus. There is a generation out there who needs Jesus. We can't stop running. We need to run with perseverance because there are people coming after us. There's a generation of teenagers, of kids. There's always going to be a generation of teenagers and of kids who desperately need Jesus and we got to pass the baton of faith on. It doesn't matter how old you are you are all still running. running. It doesn't end until we meet Jesus. And in our race, we need to keep passing the baton of faith on. That's all I have for today. Let's pray. I know it's a bit late, but if we could just spend one or two minutes and let's just pray for the next generation in our church. In second service, they are here among us. And even if you are a teenager, you can pray for your peers, you can pray for the children. There are always people coming after you. today would you just put in us the faithfulness and the perseverance to keep running the race. Not just for ourselves, but because this is a divine relay, because we need to pass on the baton of faith to the next generation. Father, help us to run with perseverance. Help us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Help us to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Father, whether we are 13 or whether we are 60, Father, you help us to run, run with perseverance. And you help us to pass on the baton of faith. Father, you give us a heart for the next generation, a heart for your house, a heart that says, God, I want your name to be lifted high throughout the generations. God, I would do anything you want me to do to run this race and to pass on the baton of faith.
0: spoken to some of you here and if the Lord touched your heart to say that yes I want to do something with the youth in our midst I invite you to come uh, after the service to talk to Joanne Yes, to talk to her maybe some of you have served in the past before maybe the Lord is asking you to come back again say yes it's time it's time maybe some of us are. Perhaps the Lord just spoke to you, spoken to you that yes, it is time for me to step up. Again, I invite you after the service to talk to Joanne. Right now, we learn to just pray for Joanne and pray for our Love Jen ministry. Let's all lift our voice together. Let's pray. Pray for them. Pray for strength. Pray for hope to arise, faith to arise, courage to arise, identity to arise, to know that they are accepted by Christ. They are loved by Christ. Pray for faith to death to talk about Christ. Pray that they'll be secure, secure in knowing Jesus. With all the pressures, they will rise up like wings of eagles. their potential in Christ let's pray for them that they know that they are liked by our heavenly father that's the most important like of their life want to thank you. Thank you for the young ones in our midst. Thank you that God, you love them, you care for them, and that God you die for them, and you like them. You are their heavenly Father, and I want to just pray that God they will know this fact, and with the security of their love, they will rise up, Father, they will rise up. They will reach their generations. They will be the one to know that you are to, to carry the baton, and they are the one to be your, your light, to shine, Father, Just pray for Joanne also that God, you together with the leaders, you will strengthen them, Father, help them, Father, give them strength each day, each week, Father. As you think of how to encourage the youth, how to motivate the youth, how to challenge the disciples, you will resource them, you will guide them, you will refresh them physically, emotionally, spiritually, you will guide them. You will also raise up many more in our midst to support them, that God, together we will serve. You will serve we will bless our youth Father I pray that God more will rise up in our midst not just in the youth but also in the children's ministry we will rise up we will take on the baton and say yes Lord we want to do our part too and I pray that as we take the, the, take the step of faith to, to serve you I pray that God you will somehow arrange our our time refresh us and guide us and I thank you Father thank you for today for speaking to us Thank you for refreshing us. That Christ, you are more than enough for us. Thank you. In Jesus' most precious name. Amen, amen, amen.